to Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 16, a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask, Is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not, ghouls, ghosts, and goblins, but we've made it to the spooky season. It's 11 days until Halloween. I'm your ghost dispenser. Let's see what we have on the slab this week. Horror news was piping hot, and so is the discourse on this week's featured film, the 12th installment in the Halloween franchise, Halloween Kills. Video game news is quite a roller coaster this week. It takes us from the highs of beloved series announcements to the highly anticipated game being delayed. So let's get into it. Doom 2 as a beat-em-up. Doom Fighter is a Doom 2 mod that lets you kick and punch and execute your way through a Nazi-filled world of Doom 2. Made by Edie Pazza, the mod will work with any Doom 2 campaign. More Doom news. We make fun of Skyrim a lot for being playable on everything from Xbox Series X to Amazon Alexa. Now you can play Doom on Twitter. Tweet to Doom is a bot that will let you play Doom turn by turn, sending you videos of your progress as you tweet at the bot each command. A very protracted way to play our beloved shooter, but if you've got an afternoon to kill, it would be a novel way to experience the game we all love. Silent Hill creator Kichiro Toyama's Boken Studio posted a new video from concept artist Mike Kakahashi. The studio has remained tight lip on what's headed our way, but we did get a few sneak peeks at concept art. If everything goes according to plan, we should see their new game in 2023. We've got even more concept art for you to feast your eyes on. The Norris-themed adventure horror game Bramble, The Mountain King by Dim Frost Studios showed us some of the creatures you will be fighting. I love the art style of this game. It feels like a dark fairy tale that's come to life. I can't wait to play this later in 2022. Squid Game is a runaway accessory for the Korean creators and for Netflix. Netflix Asian executive Min Young Kim teased that not only a second season of the show, but maybe a game. We are really looking into different areas from games, consumer products, and others to really figure out what we can bring to our audiences to increase their infinity towards our content and give them more joy while staying true to the world that our creator has built. In news that isn't shocking, Elden Ring has been pushed back a month from January 21st to February. February 25th, 2022. In their tweet about this move, Bandai Namco let us know that a closed network test will occur in October. A few hours later, Xbox tweeted out how you could be a part of that launch. They can take as much time as they need to make a Souls game. Those games really need to be polished and they really need to have precision in the play mechanics. So take as long as you need. One month isn't, we've waited this long. <laughs> One month isn't that much longer. Sultan Sanctuary is one of my favorite Souls games. Ska Studio announced earlier this year that they were making a sequel, Sultan Sacrifice, for PS4, PS5. They have now announced that it will be coming to PC exclusively through the Epic Games Store. Niable on Twitter let everyone know that Capcom has more than a few things planned for us this Halloween season. Resident Evil things, in fact. On Thursday, October 21st, we're scheduled to get the first of several announcements, with more to come in the following days. One on Friday, October 22nd, one on Oct Monday, October 25th, and finally, one on Friday, October 29th. Hopefully one of those is Resident Evil Village DLC, and we hope to see a little bit on Resident Evil 4. Please, can we just know it's real? We know it's real after that PlayStation. 
trailer. Right, guys? So let's move on from video games to other small screen entertainment. Let's talk TV news. Masters of the Universe Revelations, Kevin Smith's He-Man series for Netflix, will be headed back for its conclusion on November 23rd, 2021. I've yet to dive into Eternia for this iteration of the series, but knowing that the conclusion is so close, I think I'm finally ready to. Everyone's favorite, The Mistress of the Dark, is headed to the Goldbergs. You may remember that the show, three years ago had Robert Ungland on to take one last turn in his role in Freddy. Now the show is featuring Elvira herself. This Halloween episode will be airing on October 27th. Mike Flanagan sat down with the Boo Crew podcast where he talked about his upcoming project, The Fall of the House of Usher. He stated, a lot of the stuff I do is a slow burn. Fall of the House of Usher is a brush fire. It's an explosion. It's aggressive and rock and roll and over the top. Just violent and insane and horrific as anything I've ever done by a lot. We just wanted to use buckets of blood pouring out of the ceiling on page two and we're going to just go ballistic. We're going to do it all. The music is one of the most intensely effective gothic horror writers. This is what we've been craving. A chance to just go ballistic on something and the entire catalog of Pope is wide open. It's all public domain. We can just cherry pick whatever we want and put it into one giant, crazy, heavy metal rift that is just blood soaked and wild. All right, Mike Flanagan, I, I see you. I hear you. Um, I love Edgar Allan Poe, which is probably not a shock. Uh, most of us horror fans do. And it's really been a notable absence in the community, in the canon of horror that we haven't really had a lot of Edgar Allan Poe lately when that was like the bread and butter of early horror. So I'm excited to see what Mike Flanagan does because he wants to go ballistic and I am ready. Uh, I am ready just to see him lash out in a way that um, feels like Poe is a good outlet for. Jason Blum shed some light on a potential Upgrade TV show when he talked to Collider. Upgrade should have been a wide release, and I was pissed about that, Blum noted. We're working on a TV show, so we're working on scripts. The first round didn't come out. Didn't get the response I wanted. I don't want to be in development. I want an order. We're working on the scripts again so we can get that order. I'm interested. I really like Upgrade. I think Upgrade did a lot of what people want from that genre of movie well. And I think it's something that really got slept on. And I agree with Blum. It probably should have had a ride release. If you haven't watched Upgrade, you just need to. It's so good. Just give it a try. Watch it. Hopefully we get to see this show. Uh, it seems like it's something he's motivated on. And when Jason Blum puts his mind to it, it seems to happen. Lynn Shay has always been my favorite part of the Insidious universe, and now she's starring in a new action thriller series, Ellen. According to Deadline, Ellen will follow the nefarious land developer who gets more than he bargains for when he tries to intimidate an 80-year-old widow, played by Shay, into abandoning her Montana ranch. The project is being directed by Cliff Prouse and Derek Lee. Shudder's Black Horror Anthology, Horror Noir, is making its way to the streaming service on October 28th. Inspired by the 2019 documentary, Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror, the two-hour film will present six stories from black directors and screenwriters. The six stories featured in the anthology are Daddy, The Bride Before You, Brand of Evil, The Lake, Sundown, and Fugue State. Don't sleep on this. If you haven't watched the documentary, consider it required viewing from me for Spooky Season. 
Ridley Scott may not be as on board with the Alien series on FX. In an interview with The Independent, he offered this charming quote when asked about it. It'll never be as good as the first one. And that's what I'll say. The Chucky premiere made its way into almost a million homes between its showing on USA and Sci-Fi. The extended cut of the first episode on YouTube has hit a million views on the Sci-Fi channel and 651,000 on the USA channel. The show is great, and I'm hoping to get to a recap of episode one and two up for you on YouTube tomorrow. Ying Chang Kompenstein's book, A Banquet for Hungry Ghosts, is being turned into an anthology series. Showrunner Trisha Lee will write all eight 30 minutes episodes of the show and Taiwanese filmmaker Lester Heast will direct. The series will feature both animation and live action and will be composed of self-contained stories presented as eight courses of a banquet. From the small screen to the big screen, we've got a bunch of movie news for you. Starting off with Kim Hong-sen's Project Wolf Hunting is headed to the Busan International Film Festival this weekend. The Metamorphosis director new film is set on a cargo ship that is transporting dangerous criminals from Manila to Busan. An escape attempt leads to a riot and unleashes sinister forces. I'll keep you posted for if and when this makes it to the West. I am hoping that it does. Metamorphosis is great and you should watch it. Jason Rittman wants the world of Ghostbusters to open up if Ghostbusters Afterlife is a success. At a surprise screening of the movie at New York Comic Con, he told the lucky crowd, We wanted to make a movie that opened up the universe to all kinds of stories. I want to see Ghostbusters movies from my favorite directors, and I hope this movie sets the table for them. I hope it does too. I would like to see Ghostbusters stories from all over. I have been cautiously optimistic about Ghostbusters. I didn't hate the previous all-girl Ghostbusters. I'm hoping that that's what happens too. I would love to see all kinds of weird Ghostbusters. I feel like Ghostbusters is such a rich world that hasn't been tapped into. It has focused for so long on the four main Ghostbusters. And then even in the, even in the reboot that nobody liked, which I actually didn't have a problem with, we still circled back on the old cast. I hope that eventually this is just a world that people can live in and ghostbusting is treated like a profession because that would be cool. Like it's such a rich world of possibilities that just seems like underutilized a lot. Teresa Sutherland, who wrote the sensational Midnight Mask, has a new movie, Lovely, Dark, and Deep. The movie is currently moving full steam ahead in production in Portugal. Nick Blood, Georgina Campbell, and Wei Ching Ho star in the film about a new park ranger who is traveling through the backcountry to uncover secrets around a tragedy that has stayed with her most of her life and the senior rangers she interacts with along the way. Netflix and writer Keaton Patty have a delightful little animated horror short called Mr. Pickles. And just who is Mr. Pickles? He is a horror villain created by a bot who watched over 400,000 hours of horror movies. Mr. Pickle takes a lot of inspiration from Jigsaw setting up elaborate traps for his victims while wearing a devil mask. If you've been worried about the Scream trailer giving too much away, then let the team making the film put your mind at ease. In an interview with Bloody Disgusting, Matt Bernelli Opine of Radio Silence had this to say. It was a hard trailer for marketing to put together, and I think that one of the things we're happy with is that anything you might think in there is a spoiler, there's a good chance you're wrong. There's a misdirects within the movie, there are misdirects within the trailer, and for us, the whole fun of it is making this a big whodunit. Spoilers suck, but the fun as fans is talking about who might the killer be, then going through it forensically and trying to figure out to see if you can win the game, basically. His 
His co-director Tyler Gillett added that part of what we love about the Scream movies is just how deep people watch these movies. We think some of the fun of the experience is the forensic watching of things and trying to figure out who the killer is. It's all part of the unique, it's all part of what's so unique and special about this franchise to us. As deep, deep fans of the original four, we took pains to populate the world of this movie and certainly the materials with as many fun nods and Easter eggs and misdirects as possible. He added, there's a level of meta-sophistication to what these movies are. They're so aware of what you, the audience member, are probably aware of going into the experience. So the job of the story is to flip those expectations upside down as many times as possible and it's begun. Quotes like this make this Scream fan very happy. Quotes like this make this Scream fan very happy. I will be letting you know about trailers and clips as they come available, but I am very much on a blackout from here on out. I will be starting our countdown to Scream in December when we go back and look at all four Scream films leading up to new one. There may even be a few surprise guests. Jason Blum had a busy week when he sat down with Collider and talked shop about all sorts of projects. We already talked about him earlier in the episode with Update, the TV series. Uh... Last week, we covered him taking ownership of the decision to launch Halloween Kills Day and Date on Peacock, which seems to have paid off, but we'll talk about more of that, that in a little bit. He also touched on what's going on with the Wolfman, quote, saying, we are working, we are working on the script, gotta get the script right, and in that case, it's Ryan Gosling, not Scott Corthon, but working on trying to get a script that feels, that he feels good about and comfortable and excited about. I'm really hoping about. That sounds great. And I'm really hoping that we can get a fresh modern take on like, <sighs> I am really hoping that someone can get a fresh, fantastic take on these classic horror icons. It's another thing like Poe that I feel is just absent from, from our, from our collective, like, canon of horror right now and so I hope someone could do it and hopefully Jason Blum is the guy to get it done he also talked about Happy Death Day we know that the series is on hold and Christopher Landon had been planning Happy Death Day to us as a series third and final installment but that has been put on hold uh, Blum also told Collider that the only thing he was willing to say is he's not saying goodbye to Happy Death Day and that something is brewing um, I hope we do get to see a conclusion to that, and I hope that Landon gets to do whatever he wants. He's he's earned that from me. Christopher Landon deserves a James Wan malignant moment, probably on a smaller scale because he's not ranking in billion-dollar movies. But he definitely has earned, in my opinion, the right to make his trilogy end how he wants. Last week's feature movie, VHS 94, is the biggest movie to premiere on Shudder. From their Plus release, VHS 94 is the biggest movie to premiere in Shudder history, with more members watching its debut on the opening weekend than any prior movie premiere on the service. Shudder commissioned an original reboot of the reclaimed found footage franchise, and it's just as big of a hit with critics as it is with Shudder members. It's currently 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, making it one of the best-reviewed horror releases of the year. I really enjoyed this film. I hope you have listened to last week's episode. If this is your first episode, please go back and listen to it. I think that that film is very smart. I've thought about it more in the t as time has gone on and I think it's a really great time you should definitely add it to your horror movie list for the season M. Night Shyamalan isn't one to let critical disappointment keep him down the director's 
latest film, Old, is catching a lot of flack. I have yet to see it because I'm pretty hit or miss on the director's horror films, but we did find out the title for his next film. Knock at the Cabin will be released by Universal Pictures on February 3rd, 2023. Rob Zombie headed back to Instagram to show us a little bit more of the monsters. We finally got to see Jeff Daniel Phillips, Sherry Moon Zombie, and Daniel Roebuck as Herman Munster, Lily Munster, and Grandpa Munster, respectively, sitting in front of the iconic 1313 Mockingbird Lane house. The black and white photo is beautiful and currently up on Zombie's Instagram. I highly checked. I suggest you check it out. I'm excited to see this. I am still a little apprehensive that it's a Peacock exclusive, but I think with the numbers we saw Halloween Kills get, that maybe that's not the worst thing. Um, I would also be cool if they did a, a similar path where they released it both on Peacock and in the theaters like Halloween Kills. I also think that Sherry Moon's zombie looks great as Lily. I know a lot of people aren't super stoked on her casting, but I think it's well within her wheelhouse. She's only gotten better in her acting career. Uh, hopefully we'll get a release date and a and more behind the scenes. He seems to love to keep us updated and I love to see every bit of it. If you too love hunky boys, then check out the episode of The Blue Crew where they sit down with Psycho Gorman director Steven Krasansky. He talks candidly about a sequel saying, Quote, I want to follow up with something that delivers. So the more people that love the movie and want more from it, the more I'm like, oh shit, I've got to deliver a thing. And I'm trying, he explained. I'm working on it. It's just surprisingly complicated to get this off the ground. Sequel issues, rights and things, just trying to make all the things line up and also find the time to sit down and write the damn thing. I'm hoping to get there soon. Great White is headed to Shudder in November, the Australian shark movie that according to the press release is a blissful tourist trip that turns into a nightmare when five seaplane passengers are stranded miles from shore in a desperate bit of survival the group tries to make it to land before they run out of supplies or are taken out by the menacing terror lurking just beneath the surface. It'll be headed to the streaming service on November 11th. Argentine thriller Exquisite Corpse is heading to North America via Jenga Films. This film follows a woman who finds her albino lover unconscious and pregnant in a hospital. She then receives a text from a mysterious man leading her on a risky journey into the world of sadism and masochism in Buenos Aires. Where and when you can see this film has not yet been released, but as always, I will keep you updated. The Feast is getting ready for its November 19th debut in theaters, digital, and VOD. Set in Wales, The Feast follows a young woman serving privileged guests at a dinner party in a remote house in Wales. The assembled guests do not realize they are about to eat their last supper. After its premiere at the Brooklyn Horror Fest, When I Consume You was picked up by Yellow Veil Pictures. Perry Shearhead's third film is a gritty folktale set in an urban setting following siblings as they hunt down mysterious stalker hellbent on killing him, testing the limits of their love and loyalty. Scott Derrickson's The Black Phone finally got a trailer. This movie's concept, I'll admit, I had a hard time wrapping my head around. We also have a few Blu-ray releases to wrap up movie news this week. First up, The Twilight Zone is coming to Blu-ray next week on October 26th. It's the complete series and it's going to set you back about $72.99. And finally, St. Maud is headed to Blu-ray on November 30th. I've yet to sit down to watch this film, but it's definitely on my list. <laughs> 
And now it's time for all the little creepy bits that don't quite fit. The toys, the shoes, the Halloween treats, a little horror something for everyone. NECA's 30 Nights of Fright gave us a very interesting horror classic film figure. The 80th anniversary of Wolfman is this year. So they gave us a beautiful gray-scaled figure of its star, Lon Chaney. I hope you go check out this figure. It's gorgeous. The sculpt is beautiful and I love that it's a black and white figure. It'll be available in late, late. It'll be available in 2022. Krispy Kreme is getting into the Halloween action this year with Krispy Scream, a bunch of witch-themed donuts for Halloween. They're super cute. They're all the things you would expect from Halloween donuts. The new donuts include Bewitched Broomstick, a cream-filled donut dipped in purple icing with a pretzel broomstick. Abra Cat Dabra, an original glazed donut dipped in chocolate with black sanding sugar and decorated like a cat. The Enchanted Cauldron, which is a glazed chocolate cake donut topped and decorated like a cauldron with a pretzel broomstick. They're also giving you, for a limited time, a caramel apple chiller. Dunkin' Donuts, however, will not be outdone. They came out with a Halloween menu as well. The big focus on it is the peanut butter cup macchiato. All right, so it's time to get into our feature film this week, Halloween Kills. It was released in 2021 on Peacock and in the theaters, and it is directed by David Gordon Green. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Judy Greer. I think where I want to start with this film is with a little bit of news surrounding the film. Uh, so we got the box office. It came in with a massive $50.35 million on its opening weekend last weekend. That is with a day and date opening on Peacock. We also have from Peacock that it streamed to 2 million households over the weekend. So a lot of people have been consuming Halloween Kills. It is a success in that platform. Uh, it has a rotten, it's currently sitting on Rotten Tomatoes right now with a 39% from the critics and a 70 audience score. And I think that that is accurate. I didn't really read a lot of critics reviews of it because I just don't like a lot of reviewers reviews of horror. A lot of reviewers have a hard time looking at the history of franchises or genres and putting them in perspective. Massive financial success, massive numbers it's pulling in. The Halloween franchise is alive and well and still beloved and a 70% audience score isn't like terrible on Rotten Tomato. Uh, it's the biggest debut of a horror film during pandemic that opened in theaters and on streaming as the same day. So other news, we've got Jason Blum weighed in on whether he plans to keep the Halloween train moving after the current trilogy. And the answer is yes. He... There's no deal in place with Blumhouse to do it, but he is very willing to make that a reality he wants that to happen uh he would love to extend it if a, uh if Malik Akkad would want to and I I can't see why they want wouldn't like they're making a lot of bank um 
There are no plans, though, currently for Blumhouse to be involved in any movie after this. And anyone who thinks that Halloween's over after Halloween ends is... I got a bridge to sell you. It's going to continue to go on. And I think that that's... I think that might be a little bit of what's going on. We might be getting franchise fatigue, which sounds like a silly thing to say. This is the 12th installment of Michael Myers. Most of those are Michael versus Laurie in some way, shape, or fashion. What are we at now? One, two, three, four, five, six. Half of them, over half of them, have Michael and Laurie in direct conflict. Uh, no, even more. Eight of them, because the zombie remakes also. I think we're at a point where I would like to see Michael Myers rebooted without Laurie, without Haddonfield. What would happen if you took Michael Myers, the concept of Michael Myers, and you modernized it? And not in a way that like zombie modernized it, but you actually just took like, what is a classic thriller? What makes a classic slasher? And how can we modernize that? And I think that that is the one thing, that is the overall thing I think that Halloween Kills gets right. It is a slasher. It is bloody and violent. And the second the killing starts, that movie just moves so fast for me. And like, yeah, there's dialogue issues and there's plot issues. And there are issues with every movie, even movies you love. Every movie has issues with it. There's no perfect movies. Uh, but I think that like this movie got back down to the nuts and bolts of what made Halloween fun. It was always a franchise about creative kills, but differently than Jason, right? It was, it had a solid foundation laid with Halloween for the terror and the gore and the guts and all of that to just get ratcheted up on where like I think that Friday the 13th doesn't have that Jason is just all kills it is just all blood guts and gore from the first one on right there's no like mythos and mystique to Jason in the same way there is with Michael we also found out that David Gordon Green is done with the Halloween end scripts. They're going to start filming in January and he just sent it off to John Carpenter for notes. So, and we also find out that that movie has a time jump. And I think also that is another thing that hobbles Halloween kills. It's a cool concept. Halloween one to Halloween two being the same night night of is good, but Lori gets sidelined in both of these movies. And I think that that may actually be a, I think that may actually be a disservice that the marketing of this movie did. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Chucky, so I see Halloween kills. <laughs> um, I see Halloween kill ads every other set of ads on US on sci-fi or USA or wherever I'm watching it. And I think showing Lori getting up with the knife in her hand and like she was gonna have something to do was probably not it. I don't know how you edit the trailer for this movie, but I think that you, if you accurately would have portrayed Lori's role in the movie in the trailers, I think a lot of less people would be disappointed. I think the concept of the town's collective grief and fear around Michael Myers is a good concept that comes off effectively in some parts and not effectively in other parts. 
I think I think it's wild to see people in 2021 act like that hospital scene isn't realistic. Acting like a group of motivated and scared human beings can't amp themselves up and to do something terrible after what we saw in January. Like, not to be political about it, but we literally watched a crowd of people lose their mind and storm a Capitol building. And people have the audacity to say that, that those ho the hospital scenes wouldn't happen. He's running through town murdering everybody. Kids, old people, everything. Like, people are fleeing to the hospital to find out if their loved ones are dead or alive. And there's no way that these systems that were set, that society goats us into believing are real, are able to handle that. They just fall apart. The, the hospital staff doesn't have a list of people, of victims, or where anybody is. There's, there's just nothing. There's no safety. There's no comfort. And... Scared people act stupid. I know a lot of people have a problem with the mob at the end too. And I think the biggest thing that I had to let go with this movie was, well, why aren't they double tapping him? Why aren't they, why aren't they doing X, Y, or Z, right? And, and the answer is plot. They're not doing X, Y, or Z because plot. They did. Like, I think that how severely he gets beat, stabbed, shot, during that mob fight and finally we we finally get a moment where like what would like have you never wondered what would happen michael myers versus a crowd <laughs> like i have for sure that's something i've wanted to see on on screen is what happens if a crowd of people versus michael myers would like would michael myers like clown everybody out and the answer is yes he absolutely would um, the film has the potential, in my opinion, to be one of the better trilogy middles. In that I think that it does a really good job of not, not, not overstaying its welcome in the establishing act of the movie. We get through the establishing part of that movie pretty quickly. We know what happened to the Strode sisters. We're looking at places, sisters. We know what happened to the Strode women. We're going to different places around Haddonfield, but they also smartly at the same time start intercutting him going through town and starting killing people so that by the time it hits the TV in the bar, the movie can just go, can just like start to do the rising action. And then it's all rising action and no climax, which I understand is like frustrating because your brain wants the resolution, right? It's like when you hear a, a music sequence isn't completed. Your brain wants to hear that last chord in the progression. That's what this feels like. This movie feels like it's left leaving you on that unresolved chord. I think it's good in the same way that I like a lot of horror movies. Horror movies are sometimes at their best when they are showing us exaggerated reality. Like, reality, but just not really, right? Like, there's just something off about that, right? Uh, we also got the news that David Gordon Green is teasing. He's out there saying, Halloween Kills extended version 
with a different ending for Blu-ray. And <laughs> we all know that the Halloween series loves its directors and extended cuts. So I am very excited. Uh, he said, this is the director's cut through and through, but there are additional scenes that we filmed that were scripted that I think are actually pretty brilliant scenes. So we're gonna do an extended version on the DVD just so people can see an extended ending that's different and also cool. We ended uplifting it when it became more confident of where we were going to pick up in the next movie and it didn't feel authentic to go where we were going to. So we just lifted it and we said, we're kind of okay. We're kind of coming up with, okay, if we lift that, where do we end? And it was actually Coop Samuelson at Bloomhouse that says, let's just let it end when it was over. So yeah, so we're gonna get an extended cut. He doesn't think fits how Halloween ends is going to start. And we know that Halloween ends comes four years after this. This film is violent, I think. I don't know, I, I've talked a lot about around the film and around the discord of it. Uh, I just, I liked it. I think that if you like Halloween movies and you like the lore of Halloween from the original movie, not the thorn of cult, the, the thorn of cult, the cult of thorn or any of that stuff that comes later, which I also have like a fondness for, but not as much. I think you'll like it. I think you should definitely give a shot. It's on Peacock for 60 days, so five bucks and you'll get to watch a bunch of other cool Halloween stuff and other cool stuff on Peacock. I think that when they were making this film and I think that where they succeed is they wanted you to give you a tight, fast, brutal slasher film that set up a more thought-provoking slasher to come. And I'm okay with that. I think if it's thought-provoking slasher about trauma, fun romp with kills and building up the legend and building up the fear and building up the menace of Michael Myers, which I think is a key part of this film that people forget. And it's easy to forget because we as audience members know Michael Myers as the man who has been in 11 other movies the people in this world needed a justification for why Michael Myers is the boogeyman, is the ultimate evil, is the things that Loomis accuses him of, right? Because at the end of 78, he's only killed six people and a dog. That's it. <laughs> uh, and while it terrifies all the people who came in contact with him and whose lives were affected by that. Uh, I think the town, they do a really good job of like the town only being tangentially aware of that. Halloween Kills understood that for Halloween Ends to be an impactful end to Michael Myers in this timeline of 78, Halloween 18, this movie, two kills, it had to establish him in a brutal way. Otherwise it just doesn't work, right? Like otherwise then the timeline itself isn't, it doesn't, it just isn't internally consistent. If at no point does Michael not just become a crazed madman letting his evil out in a very visceral way. And we get that in this film. And I think that that makes it set up for a better film. I have instituted a rule 
thanks Star Wars, I'll call it the Star Wars rule of, I try not to judge trilogy movies on their individual movie anymore. Cause I really liked The Force Awakens. I really liked The Last Jedi. The Rise of Skywalker made me dislike both of those movies <laughs> and lots of parts of the original trilogy as well. So until you can see the vision incomplete, I feel like being super hyperbolic about liking or not liking or if it works or if it's consistent or if it really is Michael Myers is a, is kind of a fool's errand. I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Halloween Kills is a good time. I think I rated it four out of five on Letterboxd. I gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd. I gave Halloween 2018 a four out of five, four and a half out of five on Letterboxd. And if you were wondering, Halloween 78 is one of my only five star movies. I feel like that is the closest to perfection as you can get. That's gonna do it for this week. I am your ghost dispenser. You can catch me all over the internet as MissNintendeek64. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at a Halloween club. You can follow us over on YouTube. We are also there as a Halloween club. You know what time it is. Sleep or don't. Thank you.